In the best-selling book, No BS Direct Marketing, legendary marketer Dan Kennedy said this, My single biggest recommendation is the use of a monthly customer newsletter. Nothing, and I mean nothing, maintains your fence better. Dan is absolutely correct. The truth is, for just about any business owner, the greatest potential for new business and higher profits lies within its current customer base. Stronger customer relationships yield higher sales and more profits, and a monthly newsletter is the best relationship-building tool, bar none. Unfortunately, for many entrepreneurs, the struggle of producing a newsletter every month is too much, and it just doesn't get done. But no longer, every month, No Hassle Newsletters members get 24 pages of Jim's famous customer-loving content and his amazing ready-to-go newsletter templates. Your company's No Hassle Newsletter will generate more repeat and referral business in less than one hour per month. Join the hundreds of entrepreneurs already using No Hassle Newsletters at www.nohasslenewsletters.com. That's www.nohasslenewsletters.com. Hi, I'm Bob Berg, co-author of The Go-Giver and author of Adversaries and Two Allies, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. You create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. All great things in your business. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I am committed, as always, to helping you build a more profitable business fast. I'm really excited about this week's show, folks. My special guest is serial entrepreneur, Michael Salander. Let me tell you a little bit about Michael, and then we'll bring him right on. Michael is a uh, serial entrepreneur with online businesses dating back to his high school years. Although he started his entrepreneurial journey as a high school dreamer, he has emerged as a leader in the digital agency industry, co-founding the world-class web agency Chicago Digital and running the Business Catalyst app store in collaboration with Adobe. Pretty cool. Can't wait to ask him about that. He's a unique problem solver who enjoys helping businesses and developers alike. Hey, Michael, thanks for coming on my program and being my guest this this week. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So, you know, I love telling my guests about the entrepreneurial journey as much as as much as I like diving into uh, marketing and business building and all that good stuff. Take a few minutes, if you would, and just share with my audience kind of about your journey. You mentioned going back to your high school days and, and looking at your picture. I'm thinking that's not that long ago. <laughs> but, um, so tell us how you got started being an entrepreneur. Sure. I... I've been very fortunate, I think, in life that I've known what I wanted to do for, like, at, at an early age, uh, about 14, 15 years old. Uh, I think it, I mean, you can trace it back even further, but I think the the really cool thing was when I, after I graduated and Scott and I started our business, uh, my dad put a paper on my desk that I had written sophomore year of high school. And you guys probably remember uh, Odyssey by Homer, and it's, you know, about finding Ithaca, 
And so we were tasked to, like, write down, you know, what is our Ithaca and what's our journey to get there. And I think at that moment was really kind of when I started to uh, formulate exactly kind of what I wanted to do in life. And I had, I had this passion of computers, uh, technology, um, and, and more recently at that time, like the web. And, and I just had taken my first programming class and was like, I absolutely love this. And, you know, I, my dad was an entrepreneur. I'd always been, like, kind of growing up. I've always wanted to do my own thing. Um, so at that point, I, I kind of put it to paper and said, all right, you know, a web agency, this is, like, this is ultimately what I want to do one day. I, I want to be building sites for people and helping businesses grow. Um, and so it was, it was like I, I had sort of totally forgotten about that paper. And it was really cool that my dad had saved it and then gave it to me. So, um, you know, there's a lot more that goes back into it, but I, again, it's for for me. I think one of the one of the things that has like really contributed to the success was figuring out like what I wanted to do and then going after it and not really deviating from it. So I am only 27 years old, but I have been in the web space and committed to learning about the web and building websites for you know, about 14 years. Wow. When, so, Michael, when you um, founded your agency, Chicago Digital, which is a freaking amazing name, I love that, um, <laughs> when was that, and were there, were there other things before that, or was that, was that your first foray into uh, owning a business? Back in high school, Scott and I, so we actually met on an eighth grade baseball team, and then in, in high school, we both discovered that, you know, we were spending extra time after school, uh, you know, just learning things like Flash and Photoshop and uh, Dreamweaver and, or Front Page at that time. I think, and you know, I had a mutual love for for discovering technologies and, and building things. Um, so we we went around to businesses in the area and just you know started building websites. And I think it was it was so exciting. I think that we didn't even like negotiate a price or anything. We were just like, hey, let let us like build your website. And I remember the first time we went over to um, a customer after we built the site, and she like handed us four hundred dollar bills, and like we just split it between the two of us, and we looked at each other, and we're like oh my gosh, like, we were just doing this for fun. Like, you're telling me we can make money out this? And really, $400 is not a lot, right? But as a 15-year-old kid, that was like, wow, this is this is amazing. enormous. So, That's an enormous <laughs> sum when you're that old. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in, in high school, we, we, um, we were operating underneath the name Chicago Digital. I mean, not officially, just like as, you know, to make it look more professional than, you know, Mike and Scott going out and, you know, soliciting businesses to do their websites. Uh, and, and so the name had really originated from uh, from my dad. So back in the early 90s, he had bought hundreds of different domain names. And Chicago Digital had actually been a brand name that he had used for various kind of like side ventures um, for him. So I think back in the early 90s, he was like reselling um, either cell phones or I think cell phone data plans through AT&T. And then it kind of moved into a consumer electric selling consumer electronics and then later on he kind of it was always kind of like a brand name then later like once I became interested in the space that he kind of let me play around with so in high school I had like a lot of different permutations of it it was you know a website um, like agency not really agency but just like a you know brand that built websites we also had a, a music site that was a kind of a myspace or a pure volume but directed towards the local music scene to try to be a resource for anyone in the music industry to find, you know, other bands, venues, um, studios, uh, labels, all that kind of stuff, and then actually, like, connect people together. 
based on certain interactions and um, popularity that happened on the site. And then I think there was, you know, there's a few other things that I kind of dabbled with. So, you know, Scott and I, in high school, we didn't even, like, know we were doing it. We were just, like, we were having fun. And, but we that's kind of where we got our first start in things like email marketing when we didn't call it or think of it as email marketing. But, you know, going out and trying to get hundreds of bands to sign up for your website by emailing them is email marketing. So uh, that's kind of how it all started. And then when we graduated in 2009, uh, we both ended up going to the University of Illinois. Uh, we we started the agency full-time, and we kept the name Chicago Digital. Very cool. Um, you know, what, what's the most important change an entrepreneur or small business can make to their website? Because I'm, well, I'm, I'm making the leap because you and I have talked beforehand, but so people know that you do everything from building websites to helping a market and things like that. But let's go back to the nuts and bolts. Suppose an entrepreneur is just starting out today, comes to you, Michael, and says, I need a website that works. What, what are the, some of the things you're going to, how, how are you going to help them? I'd be interested to even know what are some of the questions you ask them on the intake process. Sure. Well, there's a lot of questions there. I think I'll, I'll cover three things. One is like kind of a, a be, for, for beginners, you know, what I recommend, what like has to be there and kind of some of the, the early mistakes I see people, people, people make and then kind of talk about the intake process. And then I want to talk about something that um, I feel like doesn't get a lot of representation and I think will become increasingly important um, in, in the future for, for websites. So the, the first thing to start is, it, especially if you're a local business, it is absolutely imperative that you have your contact information and a strong call to action above the fold. And really pretty much at any point you're, that you're, someone's on your website or on your page, they should be able to easily get to that information. And it sounds so like obvious and so easy, and, and it kind of is, but you'll be surprised at how many people actually don't do that first step. Mm, okay. So the, what do you, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so then the other thing I'd like to say for um, our intake process for websites, and it's really a, it comes down to, like, what is, what's the purpose of a website? It really is to drive a certain business goal. So I think a lot of, well, I don't want to say a lot of people, but some, you know, some people go into the website building process, like thinking about it from like a designer's perspective or a developer's perspective, or, you know, just like I need to build a website when really got to take a step back and look at how does this website work in my business? How does it work through for my sales process or for supporting clients um, or for driving new leads? Uh, you know, any, any things like that and, and really understanding it. So for us, the first step is is understanding the business and understanding what the purpose of the website is um, and then figuring out what things make sense in the project. So that's what it's it's tough and we haven't always done the best job on it, but we continue to strive more and more towards being very uh, like consultants in in the process where people like People come to us with things that they think they want, but they, they're not the experts in the space. They know the end result. Um, they're not going to know all the objectives to get there. And so it's our job to really help them figure out all those components and how, how they get put together to end up achieving that end result. You know, you mentioned um, front page. I had to snicker there because when I started my business in 2001, I 
you know, being broke and in debt. I didn't have much to go on. I, I remember buying, an, an at that time, an old version of Front Page and mm -hmm. uh, made this website. Probably took me a month. It looked like holy hell by today's standards. But um, that's pretty interesting. So front, so did you actually use Front Page, or was that the precursor to you kind of learning how to develop websites? or? Yeah, we used Front Page to start. And, like, Dreamweaver to me, or I think, it was, yeah, there was Dreamweaver when it was Macromedia, and then there was Adobe Go Live, and then there was Front Page. Those were like the three ones. And Front Page was great because it was like it, it honestly wasn't like the best, but it was it was great for beginners. Um, and then Dreamweaver and Go Live were really intimidating to me. And then, um, as as people probably know, Adobe acquired Macromedia. They dissolved Go Live, and they they kept Dreamweaver on. Um, so it, for me, it's kind of cool because I feel like for my age. Um, maybe not a lot of people might have experience like working in the web days before things like CSS. Um, and so like doing things with all HTML and in the front page, like it's really not really how a website should be done. And unfortunately, like we, we started that way. Um, but it really is nice to appreciate much more how uh, the web has evolved and, and how much better uh, the processes are for creating websites today. Awesome. So um, what is Adobe Business Catalyst? I, I know that was on your um, bio when I was doing some research for this interview. And um, So like, what's this whole Adobe Business Catalyst and, and why are businesses using it today? Great. Yeah, it's a content management system. I, I think it's most maybe similar. Well, similar is not the right word, but a, a competitor to it would be like WordPress. Everyone's heard of WordPress. A lot of small businesses use WordPress. Uh, the difference with Adobe Business Catalyst is that it is a software-as-a-service model, so you don't have to worry about setting up the servers or the backend or the database, anything like that. So from a developer's perspective, it's great because you can take just the you know, front-end skills, HTML and CSS, and you can build some complex websites with great functionality and a, on a um, really secure backend um, and deliver websites for your clients. And for the businesses, we hear uh, they tell us the reason why they like using it is because it does have a lot of the features uh, like plugged in already. So like a CRM, email marketing, email hosting, a blog, e-commerce, uh, customer service, ticketing, et cetera. Um, so that integration is really great. It saves them money uh, from having all these variety of different systems and then the cost to integrate them or the cost of having their data like out to date and separate. Um, and then also, the fact that it's easy to update the site and then market the site on on the uh, on the platform. I see. Is that a Michael? Is that something that um, the average entrepreneur can do, or is that something like like you run this digital agency? Is that more like a high level program that uh, folks like you that do websites for other people? Is that what is that what you use, or is that something you would recommend other people learning as well? Yeah. Thanks for that question, because I think it can be a little misleading as to, like, who the audience is. I mean, the audience for Business Catalyst really started out at, for, like, designers. It was, it was created to be, like, the pixel-perfect platform. Back in 2004, a content management system meant to a lot of people that you had to sacrifice design and flexibility. And so Business Catalyst emerged as this platform where it gave you, like, complete control over that, and you can get your website to look however you want, and you can still manage the content, which was awesome. Um, but today it's really moved more towards a developer's platform, and it's definitely not your do-it-yourself solution. It's you have to have front-end development skills in order to, to deploy on it. So if you 
if you're a person who's really good at HTML, CSS, and, and JavaScript, like you are gonna, this is absolutely the platform uh, for you. So as a, like an average entrepreneur who, who I'm guessing maybe doesn't have those skills, um, it, it could still be a good platform. It's just not going to be um, something that they're going to deploy themselves. You know, Michael, when um, websites got started, well, I don't know when the exact date, but even going back to you know the early 2000s, a lot of people thought it was just like your your static bit, your business card online, so to speak. But you know, I, I operate a lot in the internet marketing space, and I know websites can and and should make money. How do you how do you put that whole thing about branding and then also you know making money, you know building your list and things like that? How do you integrate all those different needs? It's going to really depend on the business itself, of course. But um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into a website, right? Like you've got the design, the UI, the development, and you've got the marketing stuff, which is email and you know building that list and social media and SEO and pay-per-click and remarketing, all that kind of stuff. So for us, um, sometimes businesses will come with a like a specific need, like I need SEO um, or I need to do social media. And we, you know, and sometimes, like, if they're really adamant about it and, like, it makes sense, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But what I like to do is, like I said before, kind of figure out what are, what's, what's the purpose? Like, are we, if they're trying to do search engine optimization, but they need customers in their door, you know, tomorrow or, or next month, then we're going to be wasting their, their money and they're not going to get their, their, their target results. So, um, to me, it's, it's really about figuring out what, they're looking to accomplish, and then trying, and then looking at piecing together those different objectives, both on the website and then off the website, to to help them accomplish that. So, I you know, so many people say it, and it, and it is so important. Uh, email marketing, building that, building a list, of course. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm someone who like loves learning new things and like loves jumping to like the next new exciting flashy thing. Um, not necessarily like for clients, but you know, just as a as a personal um, thing. And so it is, it is always a nice reminder. Uh, I remember just like for the BC App Store um, the other week, I, I sent out an email and then I looked at the analytics and I'm like, yeah, I know email marketing is important and you know all that. And then I just looked at the numbers. I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. This is a good reminder that this time I'm spending sending out these email campaigns is, is definitely worth it. And there was there was really nothing to drive like more people to know about something. Uh, for the App Store than sending out an email. I mean, even Business Catalyst, you know, they can tweet about it, they can post it on their blog, um, but, like, nothing got the message out in, in this particular case more than emailing our list. Do you have any recommendations? I want to switch gears in our final uh, six minutes or so. So once the website's built and, you know, let's say you have a, a, a new client, how do you advise them on on how to market and grow and how do you advise them to use their list and, you know, how often? And it, it, first of all, is that your area of expertise? Do you do you actually guide people after the websites are done on that, on that kind of, um, in that space, Michael? Uh, we, we do a little bit. And, our the marketing side of our business is something that we're we're looking to grow. For for us, our real um, kind of expertise is is in the building and the development of the websites. And so, if you don't mind, I just kind of want to segue into something I was going to bring up before um, that people should be thinking about, and it actually relates to the marketing campaigns as well. And it's just the it's the use of images, and images are are incredibly important. Um, and having good high quality images in you know Facebook posts and, and, and email marketing and on your website and all that kind of stuff and I, and I think people understand that piece 
But I, I think a thing that often gets overlooked is the, the, the physical size of the image. Well, I guess physical is, is the wrong word, but, you know, the, how much space that image takes up. And so the, the load time of websites, I, I think, is, is often an afterthought, and we know today that it does affect search engine optimization, and I think in the future it's going to affect it even more. And my, my business partner, Scott, he did a, a training on this the other day, um, about, uh, I think he brought up a stat like over 60% of load times for websites are, are images. And so that's actually a, a good thing from a small business owner's perspective because there's so many things that contribute to how long a website takes to load that you really can't do anything about unless you're, you know, a, a hardcore developer. But the fact that there, there's this, there's so much um, like waste essentially in terms of like bandwidth and space that is being taken up from unoptimized images um, is, is actually kind of a good sign for business owners because that is something that they can control. So I think a lot of times people may just throw up a really high quality image and then think it's okay that, um, you know, a 1600, you know, by 300 pixel image is being shrunk down by the browser on their mobile device and not realizing that, you know, that's causing their website to, you know, take four seconds to load on a mobile device and, and people are, are backing out and going somewhere else. So that, and that's, that's huge. And I, I just kind of want to bring that up as, as, as something that business owners can, uh, can take control of. No, that's true. And I don't know what the latest stats you've seen, Michael, but I think, um, you know, the amount of people that are looking at websites and doing everything on their small handheld phone I mean, isn't it like 60 or 70 percent? I mean, it's a huge number. I was shocked when I saw it as compared to when they used to be on their desktop. And, you know, speaking as somebody who I think if I was to run for election, I would win the, the contest for most impatient person if a website <laughs> doesn't load in one-third of a second. I'm like gone. So I think that's some pretty, pretty smart advice. Yeah, and Google just had an update, you know, in April about, you know, this mobile-friendly and, you know, people, a lot of marketers are out there, I think, making it into probably a bigger deal than it is. But really what that focuses on is, like, is my website formatted for mobile and tablet devices? And, and this is not something new. People have been doing this for years. They've been building responsive websites. And so to me, this algorithm represents kind of the, the first step in the multi-device world, which is, is the interface, like, is the experience desirable for those devices? But... Beyond that, and I, I don't know, I don't work at Google, I don't have insights in there, but just um, intuitively, my, I'm thinking that, okay, once we get the world to get there, the next step is how do we make this actually run faster? How do we actually make the data sizes appropriate for the different devices? So once the world catches up and gets um, the, the formatting of their site right, I think the next step is looking at uh, speed optimization. Awesome. Hey, it's been a lot of fun, Michael. Tell everybody how they can learn more about you and, and where they can connect with you. Head over to chicagodigital.com. That's where my bio is. You can then link over to my different social media. Um, follow me on Twitter. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Those are usually the best places to get in touch with me. Very cool. Thanks very much, Michael. I greatly appreciate you being my guest this week. Yeah, thanks, Jim. It was my pleasure. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Lake Glue Radio with serial entrepreneur Michael Salander. He is the founder of Chicago Digital. Stick Lake Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business 
business faster. And that is a wrap for this week. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio (coughs) podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.